G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post Preview Podcast for the weekend of Saturday, March 4. It is officially autumn. I'm joined as usual by Dan Nuttall and Joel Marshall. Dan, you have spoken to Mitch Friedman this week, whose uh, boom cult attrition is uh, an acceptor for both the Randwick Guineas and the Australian Guineas. Bit crazy they're both on the same day, but did give him uh, a second choice, uh, as far as you know. Attrition will be running at Flemington, where he's very well drawn. He has drawn the pole at Randwick as well, mind you. And he's still in uh, that race. But um, what do you make of... Uh, which do you think is the stronger guineas this year? Oh, tough question. Look, I, th- I think the even with the presence of Jack and Hove, obviously comes out of a, a Group 1 win against the older horses. I think the... The, to mine, the Australian Guinea is a little bit more of an open, more of an open contest. I think there's plenty of uh, good value in both races, but um, slightly bigger field. I think will lean towards the Guineas being a bit more of a wide open contest. But both, uh, you know, both uh, promise to be really cracking additions. And yeah, you're right. Uh, attrition. Uh, speaking of Mitch, it looked as if that Melbourne was a certainty if he got a start, which he has, but hasn't been taken out of Randwick yet. So um, you know, I, I'd imagine he'd be running in Melbourne, but. Um, look, if he goes to Sydney, which I don't think he will, it'll be a good chance in that as well. But yeah, both wide open races and um, and looking forward to them both. Yeah, they can uh, change their mind, as we can attest, uh, over the years, having printed various things that turn out uh, not to come true uh, when they change their mind. But at this stage, we're certainly assuming that attrition is running in Melbourne. Certainly, last year, we had uh, two standouts uh, in Hitotsu running in the Australian Guineas. First up, mind you, after the... Um, Victoria Derby, and we had Animo in Sydney. Animo actually got rolled as an odds-on favourite while Hitotsu won first up. So it was sort of a pity that they didn't clash at 1,600 metres in the autumn, but uh, that's just the way Australian racing goes. Uh, All uh, scheduling all done for the benefit of each state as opposed to uh, the overall national benefit, as I've written in the paper this week, of course, Hitotsu and Animo did meet over 1,600 metres early in the season in the Caulfield Guineas, uh, which Animo won, and Animo ended up being voted the champion three-year-old. Uh, well, we're also, we're, while we wait for Joel to join us, we'll also see Imperatriz come across uh, and take on our some of our best, over 1,300 metres in the Group 1 Canterbury States. But, uh, gee, she's come up short enough, hasn't she? Yeah, she has. I'm a little bit sour on myself. She was about 3.30, I think, on Monday and Tuesday. And then when the sort of final fields came out, she's into even money. So, look, she's a really classy um, horse. We, she hasn't been tested in Australia as yet, but her record speaks for herself. 12 wins from 17 starts. She's won four Group 1s. And the most recently, uh, the most recent of those was quite, uh, what's quite dominant at Tirapa. So, Look, I think she deserves to sort of be the price she is. As a few of them first up may need the run, but there is, with saying that, there's a couple of very classy horses she comes up against, and this is certainly one of the, the tougher races she's um, she's faced. All righty. Well, um, we will uh, tackle the all the black type at Flemington on Saturday. Not that there actually is a great deal. While we wait for uh, Joel to join us, uh, Clearly, uh, I mean, I always say every week that we're going to record this at a certain time and then I end up talking far longer on the online winning post than I expected, so it always ended up late. So maybe you thought when I when I came up with, oh, we're going to get it on very early and we're going to, we're going to be able to watch the cricket because we're going to be finished before the cricket starts. 
Clearly, he didn't take me very seriously. But uh, anyway, <laughs> we'll keep you updated about Joel. But uh, here he is, Joel. How are you going? Joel, yeah, good to... Yes, I'm here, Bucks. Yes, finally. I think some gremlins in me in me phone system. But uh, yeah, no, we're here and looking forward to a big weekend of racing. All right. Well, just in time to tackle the first of the black type races at Flemington. In fact, we'll go for one that isn't black type. It is worth 750000 and it's also the first leg of the quaddie. It is race six, English sprint, 1,200 metres. Set weights and penalties for three-year-olds. And uh, as I mentioned, worth seven fifty down the straight uh, down the straight six. Uh, and geez, my quaddy numbers uh, are going to be unusually high in this race because uh, I've gone for some quite a few of them down the bottom. What about you, John? Yeah, it certainly looks a a pretty tough race to sort out. There looks to be a stack of chances. I've ended up going for number seventeen, Sathira who I thought was pretty good first up in the Kevin Hayes off a 12-month break. We hadn't seen her since her two runs as a two-year-old that included a stakes win and a silver slipper placing. I thought uh, she would have a fair bit of improvement to come out of that first up run behind Rich Fortune, uh, drawn down near the inside. So um, you know, not sure whether that's going to be the place to be, but we'll wait and see. I've got her on top just from number three, Sebenak, who's drawn out the other side. So we're covering both bases here. Uh, he opened up quite a uh, big price. He's shortened up a bit now, but he's going pretty well, I think. He's had two runs back as a gelding, uh, hit the line hard over a 1,000 in a pretty deep race there at Randwick behind Remark and then didn't have a lot go right after being slow away, and I thought he hit the line pretty well in the ZF last week. So quick backup uh, might just suit him. I've got 18 Benedetta in for third. She looks an exciting filly. She... Perhaps was looking to get out in trip, but they've just kept her fresh and, and come back to the sprint trip. Her last three wins have been that of a... So just a stakes-class filly, so she should be measuring up here. And in for fourth, I have another filly, the Sydney visitor, Opal Ridge, uh, the scone visitor, uh, to be precise. She's built a terrific record so far, six top two finishes. And uh, Blake Shin engaged. I think she can certainly be competitive, but uh, chances don't end there. 17, 3, 18 and 15. I am also with the 17, Safira, who, yeah, as Joel said, first up with a long spell and only half a length off Rich Fortune. It was an impressive winner, Rich Fortune, but sort of had the residual fitness. She's on a five-week freshen up, but considering her first run for a year, it was a really good effort. I think she'll only improve from that. And, uh, yeah, big hope in second up, the 17. I've got the 15 in next Opal Ridge. Really, really good filly. Um, look, this looks like... One of the toughest races she's faced. She was eighth in a silver. She got a good silver shadow last year. She had a bit of a wide run. It was a, it was a tough run in transit. She sort of weakened out of it. That's only been a really, well, it's only been the, the only time she's finished outside the top two. Um, handily beat uh, Pericles' last start over 1,400 metres. Um, looks a versatile horse and that's fire fresh. She's two for two first up. In for third, I've got Paris Dior. Um, look, Really good filly on her day. She Her only poor run has been the Golden Rose, and that was sort of when she had a, a tough run there in transit, dropping out to finish 11th. But other than that, a form around, the uh, form has been quite good in some better races. And in for fourth, I have the 14 Extravagant Star, who uh, didn't really come up last prep. She was the English Millennium winner last year, uh, beating Paris Dior, who was a length and a half away in second. Um, I think she can run up to her best extravagant star. She has jumped out well. Um, she's certainly in with a chance here as well. But yeah, open race, 17, 15, 6 and 14. 
I am uh, with the Phillies too, but I'm with Nana Gooey, who uh, has drawn the stands side uh, and won first up last prep, then came to the straight and won a listed race and back as a two-year-old. Uh, her only run, in fact, down the 1,200 metres at Flemington. It was a very close second to Ruthless Dame, who obviously uh, ran very well in a Group 1 last Saturday from Opal Ridge, Benedetta and Sathera. So all the fillies. Don't know uh, the last time that my numbers in a race were 16, 15, 18, 17. Race 7 is the big one at Flemington on Saturday. It's the Australian Guineas, 1,600 metres, set weights for three-year-olds, uh, group one worth one million dollars, so exactly the same conditions as the Randwick Guineas on the same day. Um, both the Chris Waller runners are out as we speak to you, which leaves 15 in it at this stage, including a couple of fillies and uh, at least one very interesting one, Joel. Yeah, I am with one of the fillies, and it is the Kiwi in Legato. She looked something pretty special from day one, and she's built a terrific record. Won her first five uh, big wins in the 1,000 guineas and the group two, eight carat. And then last time out in the Caracas three-year-old classic, she didn't get the favours. Uh, barrier one was always going to be a bit tricky, and then she probably got a bit further back than she needed to and, and found a bit of trouble in the straight, but she was finishing off well. Hasn't raced since Jan 21, so she's pretty fresh for this, but uh, got the right jockey on board, Mick D. And I think she's a backable price. Like a couple of weeks ago, she got into five fifty, six dollars $6 for this, but I think now where she's about nine fifty ten, I think is a much better and a, at a more backable price. So I'm with her each way from one Jacquino. He's just got to prove himself at the distance. Um, look, he's two runs back. He won the Manfred. It took him a fair while to, to put that race away, and it was sort of really on the line. And then in the oar, of course, he did get beat, but got it in the steward's room. So all you can do is um, is build the good record that he's got. But I've just got that little query on him at the mile. Um, but I'll put him in for a second because the class will take him a long way. I think there's a bit of a tail to this race. And I'll put the two Ma Eustace runners that did accept at Randwick but was scratched. In for third and fourth. Six, the fortune teller. I thought he was going to win at Sandown. I was keen on him. He had the right run. Maybe he just needed that run. He was a little bit one pace too. All his mile runs have been good. And holy mans, I was with him in the CS Hayes. He got given a lovely ride again by John Allen. One out, one back. And he was there to win. And he was run over by elliptical. But he should appreciate the step up in trip. And he'll get a nice run again from a good gate. 15-1, 6 and 13. Keen to back a couple here. Uh, you know, no shock to see Jackano sort of take up much of the market share. He comes out of a, a Group 1 win in the CF4 against the older horses at weight for age, suited at the set weights conditions. But I thought Maximilius and Attrition both coming out of that CSA is obviously good form reference for this race usually. Uh, Maximilius had a really nice run in transit in that in that CSA. He's near the speed, but just couldn't really build momentum um, as soon as I guess he would have liked. He was sort of held up, held up. A clear of 200 to go and really charged to the line. He lost out to Holy Man's in a close photo for second. Look, uh, Elliptical was a pretty impressive winner first up, but he was sort of able, that also able to build momentum a bit sooner than Maximilius, who I think is really going to appreciate the rise 1,600 metres. He's always sort of given me the impression that he'll be uh, most effective at a mile. 
And the way he was hitting the line in that CS Hayes, I thought he was a, a, a good run and a big chance in this at a, a big price. So he's on top for me. Attrition was also very good in that CS Hayes stakes. He was a bit further back in running. Um, but his last 600, 400, 200 were the second quickest of the race. Um, he's, it was his first go at sort of stakes, uh, sort of black type level, and he acquitted himself nicely. So he's on track and some money has had come for him. Jack and Owen for third. As Joel said, Clint Class will take him a long way, even though there is a little query at the trip. And uh, the winner of that CSA is elliptical in for uh, fourth, obviously. Uh, Caulfield Guineas placed in the spring over this trip. Probably better over it a bit further as well, but it was a really good return. He's in for a nice preparation. 12, 14, 1 and 2. Uh, I'm with Joel. I'm with Legato to become the first filly since Machine to win the Caulfield Guineas. And uh, I should say the Australian Guineas. Um, and my other numbers are I've got elliptical, Jack and Owen attrition. So that's 15, 2, 1 and 14. And fun facts about the Australian Guineas. Uh, five of the past six winners have jumped from gates one to five, uh, but the previous six jumped from seven or wider, so make of that what you will. Luna Fox famously won at $301 two years ago, and that is the only Australian Guineas winner in the history of the race to have finished further back than fourth at his or her previous start. So that is bad news for attrition, as well as bank more virtuous circle Muramasa and Japanese Emperor. Uh, that is all we need to discuss about the uh, Australian Guineas. We will move on to the third leg of the quaddy, and it is race eight, TAB Blaney Stakes, 1,600-metre Group 2, set weights and penalties, three-year-olds and up. Joel, sorry to see our best bets are going up against each other in this race. Yes, indeed. I, I think, um, I think your best bet, gentlemen, are always going to be very, very hard to beat. And I've got him in for second as the main danger to my best bet. But I've gone for Uncle Bryn. Uh, this is a win, and you're in to the blamey, and they are looking to secure his spot. Uh, to win, and you're into the All Star Mile. Sorry, and they are looking to secure that ticket here with Uncle Bryn. And I think he's going to be very sort of forward for this. I'd say he was pretty forward first up. There was a bit of money for him, but unfortunately he was very back on the fence and never really saw daylight. Um, he was sort of held up for pretty much most of the straight, unable to build momentum. Finished midfield, beaten four lengths. I think he had a lot more to give. He dropped from 60 to 56. As I said, I think he'd be pretty wound up for that and should just about be right for Saturday. So I think he'd be pretty hard to beat. Gentlemen are always going to take plenty of catchings in terrific form. First past the post in the or the group one last time out. So he's just always been very consistent and hard to beat, but he looks to have taken the next step. Uh, in for third, number one, Tuvalu. The other horse proven at the top level. Turak winner last time in. He was a bit plain in the or first up. Uh, probably, you know, from, from his standards, I guess he was beaten only a length and a half, but he had the run to be more competitive. Uh, the blinkers come straight off with him. That was a bit of a, an experiment that may not have worked. And in for fourth, five bankers' choice. Ran very well in this race last year with terrific late splits. And I thought his first up run in the same race as Uncle Bryn, I thought was pretty good with the 60 kilos. So he might be the one at a bit of odds to include. But seven for me from four, one and five. 
with the four on top, gentlemen Roy will lead this. It'll be really hard to, to run down. Um, he's such he's such a consistent horse. He's a winner of eight starts from seventeen eight eight wins from seventeen starts, and um, really likes Flemington. So up, up on the speed, gentlemen Roy, and he'll be he'll be really uh, really tough to run down as he always is. So got the one the next two Valu, of course, a Group One winner. Uh, over this trip, when second up last time in, drawn well, will be near the speed again. Eight Bear Story, the import in for third, Clinton McDonald trained runner. He's got a wide draw to contend with, but didn't mind the jump out leading in. Um, two starts at 1,600 metres have been quite good. He will improve over a little bit further. Some of his better form um, in, in Europe was over a bit further than this, but the jump out was solid. I think he can run a race fresh and in for fourth at the 13. He's a shocker. Four one eight thirteen. Fun facts about the Blaney market price in two thousand and one. Suavito twenty fifteen, and Inspirational Girl last year are the only mares to have won the Blaney in the past thirty five years, which is uh, bad news for the Luna Flare. Only mare in the field would probably be a fair old price, even without that fun fact. And uh, even worse for Luna Flare, who begot you? Barrier ten in twenty eleven is the only one of the past eighteen. Blamey winners to have jumped from a double-figure barrier, so bad news for Luna Flair, as well as he's a shocker, Port Phillip. Pounding and bear story. Pounding, I suppose, could slip into single figures if there's a scratching. Um, my numbers for that race, I was with Gentleman Roy as well. As Joel mentioned, Gentleman Roy is my best on the program to be pounding. He's a shocker. And Tuvalu, 4, 6, 13, and 1. My value bet... Uh, is race five, number one, Carlisle, who uh, I tipped a couple of weeks ago. Uh, no betting interest whatsoever, 15 out to 21, and never threatened. But uh, I just reckon with that 1,600-metre run under his belt, he's got the good record at 1,600 metres, and importantly, he gets Jet Stanley on. So same class, same track, same distance, Three kilos less, and uh, still a good price. Not quite 21, but uh, certainly into double figures. Race five, number one, Carlisle. Joel, your best up against mine. Race eight, number seven, Uncle Bryn. And your value bet is one I quite like too, although I haven't got him on top, in the last. Yeah, I'm hoping Pinstripe can get back into the winner's stall. He hasn't won since the CS Hayes. And then, of course, he was very unlucky in the Australian Guineas this day last year. But I thought his spring prep was pretty good. Second to Scalapini, first up. Very good run. Uh, finished off well for third to Gentleman Roy. Drew wide in the Turak, wasn't disgraced, and then drew 18 in the Golden Eagle and had no hope. Uh, his two jump outs leading it have been very good. He's got a bit of weight, but after the claim, 59.5, not too bad. I think he'd just be too good for this lot. There's some inform, you know, some progressive horses that are coming through just fair form lines, I would have thought. And, you know, I guess you just want to know if he's fully wound up. And he's $10. He'll be 10 into six or seven if he's, you know, fully wound up and going to win. So watch the market. But, yeah, I think he'll be too good. And, Dan, you uh, we've heard about your value bet, which was Safira, race six, number 17. Tell us about your best. Comes up quite early on the card. Yeah, race two, number five, uh, Timor, the uh, French importer who's had three runs in Australia now. We... Look, the race pattern didn't really suit him last start, but he was uh, working home nicely. He records some fast late splits running into fourth there after settling last in the field of 15. Better draw this time around, barrier two. I think we'll just settle 
bit closer than he did last start and uh, should be ready now, fourth up over, up to 2,500 metres. So it looks a good bet. Race two, number five. Alrighty, Randwick, the venue for Sydney racing on Saturday. Plenty of black type around, not uh, quite as massive fields as we're used to in Sydney on a Saturday, mainly because I guess there's no highway. There is a midway that's got 19 horses, but there's a few very small fields, and one of those is race two, University of New South Wales, Todman Stakes, the uh, traditional um, Golden Slipper, you know, we're one of the races that really produces a lot of Golden Slipper winners. But you would say, Joel, that it is a small but select field, five in it. Wait, by the way, Group 2 worth 300000 Uh Yeah, the Todman, Joel. How did you – what did you make of that? Yeah, well, I agree. It's uh, small but very select. Uh, there's four that – Probably four horses that most people will, you know, will have in their four, but I wouldn't be ruling out the number five militarizer. I don't have in my four, but I thought he was pretty good winning on debut with Canterbury coming from near last. So, yeah, I'm not going to put a pin through him, but I've gone with four Cafe Millennium, who is the roughest of those considered the leading chances. Just a visually brilliant win on debut in the Piero Plate. He didn't really know what to do early a bit slow away and then raced Greenley and Tom Marquand sort of had to really get into him and then swung widest, uh, cornered last and just sort of loped his way up to them. But then the last hundred metres put them to bed. It was a very impressive win. I'd like his trial leading in. I just thought 1100 was going to be too short because he is quite a big horse. And um, Yeah, I, I certainly gave him a chance, but didn't think he'd do that over 1100. So, He's got a bit to learn, not the finished product. Um, whether that finds him out here against a couple of these sharper types, that could be the case, but I'm going to lean to him. From two red resistance, he's going to be tough to run down. Two from two, both at 1,100 around Rose Hill. So now he goes 1,200 Randwick. Probably not much pressure, the small fields. So that's going to help. Uh, his trial the other day was scintillating. One cylinder, got the box seat, got every chance, but did win the silver slipper nicely. And Empire of Japan in for fourth back from the Magic Millions. Four, two, one, three. Yeah, a bit of a watch and learn race, I think, for me. Um, yeah, can't rule out any of them. But I've got two on top. Red Resistance, a favourite. We'll, uh, we'll definitely lead this and take plenty of catching. The trial recently was good. And obviously, Steel City, Kings Gambit, some couple of good scalps, first and second up. So two on top for me. Empire of Japan in next. Uh, thought the run in the Magic Millions race was, um, was pretty good. The format of that race hasn't really set the world on fire since, but um, it was a good effort from uh, running on from where he was and um, clearly very good. Colt in for third. I've got the one cylinder and four Cafe Millennium um, to round the numbers up. Two, three, one, four. The Phillies division is race three, a race that I just can't help myself calling the Yarraman Park Risling Stakes. Having done schoolboy German, I know it's the Riesling Stakes. It's just a pity that uh, the original owner of the Philly spelt it wrong. Uh, anyway, it's uh, same conditions. Group two, set weights, two-year-old Phillies, 300,000. And, uh, well, there is there's six in this one, Joel, including two first starters. Yeah, and probably there's one here that you would say would really knock you uh, to the ground if she won, and that would be Camella. I don't think she can figure, but the other first starter... Uh, wouldn't shock me at all. I'm gone with number two, Kundalini. Um, been with her both starts, and I'm going to stick with her until she really disappoints me. 
And I don't think that'll be Saturday. I think she can win and book herself into the slipper. Look, learning to fly may well have her measure again. She did in the English Millennium with a big swooping win, but I thought Kundalini was pretty good of, you know, the best of those that sat pretty handy to the speed and was sort of towards the inner part of the track. Just reckon third run, James McDonald on 1,200. She's going to be right at her best. And you're going to get about $4. So I am sticking with her to beat Learning to Fly. Absolutely no knock. It was a huge win in the Millennium. And she's a deserved favourite here and in the Slipper. Uh, I've got the newcomer, Six Mathcura, in for third. The daughter of the Slipper winner, Moss Fun. Uh, apart from the Golden Slipper, when she blew the start, Moss Fun used to just ping the gates and put herself right there. And this filly's done that in both trials. Her trial on Monday was very neat. I wouldn't be shocked if she showed up. And three, Facile. On the back up, she ran well in the English Millennium and was narrowly edged out in the sweet embrace. So just you know, on the quick back up with that fitness under the belt, she can certainly run a race. But on with two from one, six, and three. I went three on top, Facile. I thought it was a, a big run from her in the sweet embrace last start. Just sitting wide. Um, First got 1,200 metres, so she'll take benefit from that. In for second, learning to fly. Two impressive wins to kick off her career. Visually pleasing winner last start, and um, she's going to be clearly the one to beat. In for third, I have the two Kundalini. And fourth, I've got four Cigar Flick. It was um, been pretty good at group level her last two starts. One of those in the uh, Phillies Prelude in Melbourne. Um, presents here fourth up. Three, one, two, four. Bad news for Sigarflick is that no Riesling winner since Moore Joyce in 2009 has come off a last start finish worse than third. And uh, as for the first starters, well, our friend Malcolm McLaren of uh, Form Focus only sends us the last uh, 30 years, but uh, there's none, no winners of the Riesling in that time having their first start in a race. And uh, in the 20 years before that, I would think it would be unlikely because uh, the two-year-olds usually used to have had a few starts, but the, at least the good ones usually used to have had a few starts by this time of year. Race four at Randwick on Saturday. TAB, Randwick City Stakes listed quality for three-year-olds and up, Joel, over 2,000 metre. I'm sticking with Sacramento. I was with him second up and thought he ran a pretty good race for 30. He didn't have the speed to lead, settled fourth and, and had, had the right run. Just a bit one-paced around the corner, but I thought he stayed on really well for third behind King Frankel. Now that he's had the two under the belt and he strikes a race where he should be able to jump out to the front and get control, and that'll give him his chance to win. So I'm leading his way from eight, Athabaskan. I expect big improvement from him. Last of eight, first start, but his late work was okay, and that was at a mile. Now he drops sharply in weight and rises to 2,000 metres, so he's going to improve plenty on that fresh run. One, Solcom is a classy stayer who was a bit plain first up, but it was only a mile, and you wouldn't um, judge him too harshly on that. He did pull up lame as well. So I think he's going to be better when he gets to 2,400, but he can improve sharply. And nine bullfinch, I don't know about him at 2,000, but he's going pretty well without winning, and he can lob close to the speed with no weight and run a race. But three on top from eight, one, and nine. One for me on top, Solcom. Uh, yeah, 600 metres, 60 kilos. Probably not the best recipe for him first up, but uh, the fact he pull up lane didn't help either. So second up, 2,000 metres, is going to see a much improved horse and drops a kilo and a half. In for second, I have the three Sacramento, who will, um, yeah, of course, benefit two runs under 
His belt in for third. I've got the eight, Afa Baskin. Um, look, too far back last night over his trip short of his best. And in for fourth, I have the five, Bonnie Ezra, just weighing up between the, the two Waller runners, Bullfinch and Bonnie Ezra. And just Bonnie Ezra's a little bit more suited at the trip. Um, hence, I've put him in for fourth. One, three, eight, five. Race five at Randwick. First leg of the big six, I guess, is the Tokyo City Kiba Fireball Stakes, 1,100-metre listed for three-year-olds, set weights and penalties. Joel? Yeah, I'm with three economics. who was a real talent. He's just got this little issue at the barriers. Of course, he was scratched from the Blue Sapphire in the spring and he was scratched from his intended first-up assignment. And hence, he's been back to the trial. So if he's on his best behaviour, no doubting he's got the talent to be very hard to beat because he's won two from four. His run in the Group 1, Coolmore, was pretty good behind in secret. He's got uh, J-Mac in the saddle here, so the market's really going to like him. I reckon the other Aquas horse, and I know Daniel will speak about this filly as well, but I reckon she's got a bit of a chance, and she's big odds number 13, Midnight in Tokyo. Coming off two pretty good wins uh, in Queensland barrier trials, she won well at Randwick, albeit on the heavy track, back in July, and then went a bit of a gap between runs into the Silver Shadow. And we just don't know how she would have run in that because she really never got clear all the way up the straight. So she ran 10th and it was a pretty hot Phillies race. Uh, just reckon that, um, you know, the, f- the fact that they're here first up suggests she's going pretty well. Casey Fogden knows what it takes to bring these horses to Sydney. Uh, one cannonball. He's pretty big odds too, look bigger odds than I thought he would be, considering his latest run was a third in the Danehill to Giga Kick and Buenos Noches. Looks pretty hot form for a race like this. And 11, Willing a Beast, who's a very smart filly. She's been held back from the filly series. Hasn't you know, been contesting those races the last couple of weeks, but she might just be being kept as a bit of a sprinter this time in. She's coming off some nice trials, and certainly those form lines should stack up pretty well here. But I've got three on top, but I could back 13 and one at the odds, and 11 next in. Yeah, I have the 13 on top, midnight in Tokyo. Uh, two good-looking trial wins in Queensland. She had a good prep um, last time in. Just no luck in that silver shadow, as Joel referenced. But prior to that, second to the pretty smart horse in Natuno. Uh, Natuno, uh, Gold Coast first up in a group three. And then um, not much went right at Randwick. Next start, of course, winner at Randwick at, third, uh, at her third start last prep. First go on a dry track, um, 54 kilos, good draw. I think she can uh, really figure first up and uh, is over the odds. So she's on top for me, the 13. 11 in next, Willing Beast. Um, uh, she too, she, she had a good preparation last start without winning to contest in some really good races. Very talented filly who can come to hand fresh. Zuccarino is a good colt. Uh, his best is very good. And in for fourth, I've got the three economics. 13, 11, 4 and 3. Race six at Royal Rambic Highland Race Colours Challenge Stakes, 1,000 metre group two at Wait for Age. Sees the return of the Everest-winning three-year-old Giga Kick. The mighty Eduardo is back. We've got Paul Laley, Shelby, 66. So it's a uh, personality-packed race. Joel, and I can tell you that uh, Phillies and Mares have won the Challenge Stakes in uh, in... Eight of the past 15 years, so uh, I guess uh, that is good news for passive-aggressive, and that's the only effect I have. But uh, what do you think? Kick, kick, coming back. Uh, is he going to win first up? 
Yeah, I've sided with him. Um, not going to be backing him, but I've put him on top and the market seems to be liking him. He, he sort of was favoured earlier in the week, but at a backable price, but has shortened up a little bit in the last 24 hours or so. Uh, look, he's won five from five, winner of the Everest, didn't have a lot of room when he needed it in the champion sprint during Cup Week and possibly should have gone close to winning that as well. So he's built an elite record so far. They obviously have to come back and do it, but I'll put him on top. One horse that we know does usually come back and do it. Every prep is Eduardo. He's won this the last two years, beating Nature Strip, and he's three from three this track and trip. So, look, we do know he's better on rain-affected ground, but even on a firm track, I think 1,000 metres first up, this sort of class, he's going to be thereabouts. Three remark has won three from four since being gelded. Uh, strong win first up with sixty-two kilos. Uh, he can run well. Look, if I have a bet, a bet in the race, and and I probably will, I'll have a couple each way on Key Largo, trying to chase my money because I was on him behind remark. And look, I think he goes close to winning if he gets out. He just looked full of running when the gap closed. Uh, unfortunately, there's a huge weight turnaround in favour of Remark, but over a thousand metres, that's probably overstated. So, at sixty to one and big odds, the place I'll probably back him each way, but I could only slot him into four, eight, one, three, and six. Yeah, it's hard to go past the Everest winner, Giga Kick. He's on top for me. Um, a tough watch in that. Yeah, see, Classic is only defeat from six starts, and the stable seem pretty confident uh, of his chances here first up. So he's on top. Me the eight, one in next Eduardo, uh, horse we know that flies fresh, um, very versatile. He'll be in this for a long way. In for third, I got the three remark who has been very good uh, since being gelded. Very good win first up with the big weight uh, down to fifty eight and a half kilos. I think you know he promised early on that he'd be measuring up in races like this. It took him a little while, but um, even though he's you know. Benchmark 94 wins. Uh, benchmark 94 was his last start win. I think he's uh, proven that he, he is up to this sort of level. And in for fourth, I've got the two, Pulele. 8-1-3-2. First leg of the quaddy and first of the group ones at Randwick on Saturday is race seven, Furphy, Canterbury Stakes, 1,300 metres, weight for age. It is worth uh, just the bottom dollar for the group one, uh, 600,000. The favourite has won in seven of the past 13 years. Good news for Imperatrice. And Mares have won in seven of the past 13. So uh, all good news for Imperatrice, Joel. But uh, as we were saying earlier, uh, she's no fancy price. No, she's been backed like she's immoral. Um, you know, she's was put in the market equal 350 with Artorias when they... Uh, you know, and it was first signal that they were going to go this way instead of the new market, uh, sort of just over a week ago. And she came into favourite, I think, two fifty early in the week off noms. They put her back up again at three dollars on Wednesday, and then bang, she's into about two dollars, maybe even shorter somewhere else. So, look, I can't back her, but she's very, very good. She's won four Group Ones. She's won her last three. Uh, bolted in with a. Big Group 1 win at Tarapa last start in fast time with some class opposition behind her. Look, I, yeah, I couldn't tip against her, but I couldn't back her at those odds. I wish Quantico had a drawn a decent gate because I think he's a good roughie. I'll put him in for second and I might have something on him and work exotics around him and Imperatures. I think there's an opportunity for them to maybe ride him a bit more positively here. First up win was very good off a long spell. And then last week in the Liverpool City Cup, they rode him negatively uh, from the outside gate. And I thought he ran home okay. There's not a lot of 
speed here. I just reckon third up, on the back up, they might be able to um, yeah, just ride him a bit more positively and try and put him in the spot. And at big odds, he can figure. Nine electric girl was with her first up. She got the right run. She looks like getting a good run again here. Uh, she's never won at Randwick in nine goes. There's a little bit of a cause for concern, but I dare say most of them have been on wet tracks and she's much better on top of the ground. So it's probably a bit of a misleading stat. She gets the right run here and can run well. And I've got two Artorias in for fourth. He struggles to win just with his racing style and racing pattern, but no doubt in his elite form lines. Eight on top from seven, nine and two. Yeah, thought Imperatrice is the, look, the price... Isn't great now, but I think she's a good thing of the day. She's a classy mare. Our record, uh, as I said earlier, speaks for itself. She's three on the trot this prep. She's won four Group Ones in total, and, and two Group Ones this time. In the win last start was excellent. She was a dominant winner. She could have won by a little bit more, um, but it was a really impressive performance. I think she comes here. James McDonald taking the ride and um, adds another Group One to her tally. She'll be hard to beat. I've got the two in next Artorias. Uh, the Campaign in Europe, Walsh, he didn't win. He, I thought he ran really well in a couple of really high-class group ones. Um, just gets a long way back in his races. That's obviously the query with him, but we know he's good enough to be charging home late. And then, you know, he's, he's the danger to the uh, favourite for mine. 11 and next Golden Mile. Thought the run was okay first up with a little bit of a slow start, but he was first up there. He's going to take benefit from that. And in for fourth... Look, Argentia, I would have made my best bet probably in the Winona uh, girl later in the day. She's been scratched for, from that, for this, which is obviously a harder assignment, this race. Um, but she ran really well in the Rubiton first up. Um, obviously, that race produced the, uh, the Oakley Plate Quinella up to up to uh, 1,300 metres here. I think will suit her. And, and yeah, I think she'll be um, she'll be running home. Well, certainly one at bigger odds for the uh, exotics. 8, 2, 11, 10. Second leg of the quaddy at Randwick, and the big one is race eight. The agency, a Randwick guinea, 1,600 metres, group one, set weights, $1 million. And eight of the 17 winners have carried Saddlecloth one, but uh, that is the Victoria Derby winner, Manzuis, this year resuming from barrier 14. So you'd think you could get a decent price about that happening again. 13 of the 17 Randwick Guineas winners, and I say that there's only 17. It's given the history of the Canterbury Guineas, which went back many, many years, but uh, it's really a different race since it became the Randwick Guineas. Uh, 13 of the 17 winners have come off a top five finish in the Hobartville, which obviously applies to Osipenko, Aft, Cabin, Zoo Tiger, Machalate, and Williamsburg. And uh, you'd have a fair chunk of the market if you uh, took those five. Joel, who have you landed with? Yeah, I'm with Machalate. Uh, Mark Newnham trying to get a Randwick, another Randwick Guineas on the board after winning it with Shadow Hero uh, a couple of years ago. This Colt I thought was excellent first up in the Hobartville. Uh, had him in the, in the numbers and just wanted to see him sort of run top three, top four. And, and just you know, the, the way he ran there, was sort of going to tip me to being thinking he's going to be either a Randwick Guineas or Rose Hill Guineas horse. But I think he showed enough sharpness there to suggest he can win on Saturday over the mile. Uh, his form in the spring was very good. He, he had a couple of seconds to Group 1 winners in the Group 3 races, and then he ran fourth in the spring champion. And I always thought it, that he was just that little sort of bit behind the A grade uh, in the spring, but had the capacity to really measure up. 
in the autumn, and I thought he showed that first up in the Hobartville. So he's going to get a good run from the draw. And, yeah, I thought he showed enough sharpness there to suggest he could win a feature race over a mile. So happy to be with him each way. I've got the favourite. Um, sorry, not the favourite, but the the one you mentioned as being the number one saddlecloth in Manzois. I've got him for second. Going to be a tough ask, but gee, I reckon resuming over a mile, it's sort of the race that he can bob up in. Um, didn't read anywhere about him having a setback. Obviously, he was scratched from the Hobartville, but um, uh, yeah, Chris Waller's got him kicking off at the mile, and I just think it's the right sort of set up for him to really hit the line hard here, and I'll be having a, a saver on him. I've got two Ossipenko in for third. Looks like getting the right run again. He had no luck first up and then used gate one and you know, didn't. He might have been entitled to win a little bit more impressively. It was a tight finish, but he certainly won well and the step up to 1600 will suit. And I've thrown in an absolute bolter for fourth, cut on a dime. Uh, Bryce Hayes has got his team flying, a bit like Key Largo, probably outclassed, but this is an untapped talent, this Colt. It was a big win first up on the Kensington track. And he's going to get a lovely run from the draw. So maybe include him in your first fours. Five from one, two and 14. Really looking forward to seeing the eight communists step out to the mile. Um, I thought he was very good in the Eskimo Prince. He ran on third behind after cabin there. And then much more positive ride last start. He was just wasn't as effective um, second up in the Hobartville. But quite a ride, 1,600 metres. Of course, he, some of his best form last prep was over this trip. Um, Zach Purton ran a bit of a hit and run mission in Sydney this weekend and he takes a ride here um, I think he's on a, a really good horse and I think we'll give him a good chance of a, group, of a group one winner here in Sydney so the eight on top for me communists expecting sharp improvement third up in for second I have the two Osipenko obviously good winner um, second up in the Hobartville his Caulfield Guineas run was outstanding in the spring over this trip Got the favourite in next three aft cabin who, um, no, not much luck really in the Hobartville, playing to the eye, but I think with a, a better run in transit, he can um, show his best. And in for fourth, got the five, Machilate. Eight, two, three, five. Third leg of the quaddy at Randwick, race nine, Moston Copper, aspiration quality, 1600 metre, group three quality for the Phillies and Mares job. Yeah, I've got number seven, Bellatrix Black on top. She's also an acceptor for the stakes race at Newcastle on Friday. Um, so we'll wait and see where she goes. But I thought her first start over from New Zealand was full of merit in the Triscay over 1,200. Uh, she sort of halfway up the straight, I thought she was going to make a real dash at them. And then she just probably lacked a bit of fitness and a bit of sharpness too over the 1,200. But I thought she ran very well quickly to 1,600. But that distance will suit. Uh, she's got a win in her somewhere this prep. And I'm hoping it's Saturday. Although I do think number two route is going to be hard to beat. Uh, a lot of people coming up with this mare and she's going to be a warm favourite. Uh, liked her effort first up in the Millie Fox over 1,300. She just kept finding the line there by, uh, behind Electric Girl. Going to appreciate the step up in trip and James McDonald back in the saddle. Four Cliffs Art also comes out of that Millie Fox. And I thought she was pretty good there in a race that didn't really set up all that well for her. She's got to make... Uh, sort of about three and a half lengths up on routes. I think she can sort of bridge that. Whether she can eclipse it totally, I'm not sure. But she can be competitive. And I'll throw number 10, Sir in for fourth. Might be a big improver. Didn't have much go right in the Guy Walter last week behind Hope in Your Heart. And the quick backup, third up, out and trip, 
she can run a bit of a race. But seven on top from two, four, and ten. And with the two routes <clears throat> on top, uh, a good return in the Millie Fox, 1,600 metres, is going to uh, suit her right down to the ground. And James McDonald gets back on a board. She, uh, he has ridden her in four of her wins. So they get on well. Second up form's good and um, hard to beat is two. But the stable mate in for second, Thalassophile. This is a bit of a step up to um, what she faced last start. It was a benchmark 78, but it was a it was a good win. She atoned for a very luckless uh, midfield finish start prior. She has a bit of black type for this preparation at 1,600 metres. So finished second in uh, Group 3 at Gosford. Fresh in for this and uh, found a 53 kilos. So she ticks a lot of boxes, even though... You know, her best recent form has been over a bit further. In for third, I have the four Cliffs Art. Um, just looked in need of the run first up. And in for fourth, I have the seven Bellatrix Black. Two, nine, four, and then seven. Finally at Randwick, last leg of the quaddy, last race, race 10. Randwick, Winona Girl Quality, 1,200-metre group three for the Mayors, Joel. Yeah, I'm with a bit of a roughie here. Number five, uh, number five, Tycoon Evie. She had her first prep with the Snowdens uh, back in the spring and uh, didn't have much go right in the Shiraco. She drew wide, was de- uh, posted wide without cover and only beat one home, but wasn't beaten all that far. And I thought it was you know, not a bad effort. Then she improved sharply down in uh, Melbourne where she ran fourth in the Blazer Stakes behind Exolita and Argentia. Uh, of course, Argentia would have been a warm favourite in this race. Um, just look, she's going to improve with the run, but I thought she trialled pretty well. And considering she didn't have much luck first up last prep, I reckon she can run a bit of a race here. And we've already got three scratchings, so there's a bit of uh, depth gone from the race. So oh, yeah, I think she's a, an each-way play from nine. Pokari Carry again, from the Bryce Hayes yard. He stepped her up in class last time out, and she got the job done. She's always been a talent. And she looks like she's furnishing now. Two, Sky Command has good speed, will put herself in the race and be hard to beat. And one promise of success, the class mare. Whether she can win with 59 and a half, you know, potentially getting buried away from gate one, not sure, but I wouldn't be leaving her out of my exotics. Five from nine, two and one. 13 on top, Jalay, who I'm a big fan of. I think she is a, a group winner in waiting. Hopefully this is the... Uh, the race or this preparation, she, she breaks through for, for one. She contested a couple of Group 3 races um, in Sydney and Melbourne last preparation. Um, she ran okay with those, in those without a whole heap of luck. I don't think she's as effective on, on wet ground, even though she has some good some good runs on, on sort of affected ground. But dry track here, she's a good fresh mare. And uh, I think if she runs up to the ability that I think she has, um, she's, a, she's a big chance in this at each way odds. But the five and next Tycoon Evie, like Joel, giving her a bit of a chance. She's a consistent mare in the right stable. 54 kilos first up. The, the trial was uh, was quite good. Um, and the former Rando has been pretty decent. In for third, I've got the eight, Written Beauty. Um, she's not too far back. She's a chance. And in for fourth, I've got the four, Barossa Rosa. Um, having a good preparation this time in. 13, five, eight and four. Okay, that wraps up a massive meeting at Randwick. Joel's best race three, number two, Kundalini, and value race eight, number five, Matcha Latte. Dan's best was race seven, number eight, Imperatriz. Value bet race five, number 13, Midnight in Tokyo. In South Australia on Saturday, Dan, we head for 
Murray Bridge, what have you found for us there? Pretty keen on Elite Icon in race five. Uh, the one horse that's always been very talented. It's been a while between wins until he broke through at Ballarat last start. It was a benchmark 64. He led that, had 62 kilos on his back, but was a dominant winner. Uh, pretty handy Prairie Flower was in for second there. So it was a pretty uh, handy benchmark 64. This is obviously tougher, but he's back uh, with a bit of a confidence booster after that impressive last start win. He's a very good record at 1,200 metres. He'll lead this and be really hard to run down. So he's the best. Race five, number one. I made the value originally, uh, race three, number four, Glenn Tanius, but the horse is about three bucks. Um, but look, if, also down a run in Melbourne as well. Hasn't been taken out of either race. So if he'll be hard to beat, ran on really well into third. At 2,400 metres, the extra 100 metres won't bother him. But in terms of, we'll get, a, we'll get a, something a little bit more value. Um, and race six, number 12, dual fuel fits that bill around 9 to $10. Uh, dominant, well, not so dominant, but it was a really impressive win at this track first up. She was a long way off him, um, quickly made up ground. And 200 metres out, you sort of, while she still had a few lengths to make up, you sort of tell she was going to be the winner. Um, and she was... The runner-up did sort of fight back a little bit at the end, but she sort of held on pretty comfortably there. She looks a promising filly. Um, and with fitter for that run, and her as a win at the track, this is a home track of Murray Bridge. So dual fuel, I think, can go back-to-back. Race six, number 12. Joel, any thoughts on Adelaide? Uh, yeah, I was sort of interested in that race six as well, and I, I think dual fuel's got a big chance and will be hard to beat. I was leaning to thirsty guest. They came out of the same race um, back in October last year. Thirsty Guest was on debut, and I don't really think sort of knew too much about the caper, but uh, first up from a spell, just sort of on the heels of Jewel Fuel's first up win, uh, he was able to win his maiden at Gawler in good style, was quite well backed and, and was strong through the line there. So, yeah, I, depending on prices, you could perhaps back them both because you know, I think they've both got a chance. I just had a slight lean into Thirsty Guest. Eagle Farm is the venue for Brisbane racing on Saturday. And, uh, Dan, your best comes up in the first with, uh, by Jingo's. It's uh, up against the mare that uh, one of us is quite familiar with. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, Joel. Um, I'm with the four. Hocker Hay on top. Um, looks a promising mare. Jack Bruce Day were going well at the moment. And this mare's won her last two. She stepped up to this trip last start and it was a really impressive win. She... Went past the informed ghost rider who led and paid that horse pretty easily uh, running right, right, right away. I think that's pretty decent form. And this, I think, if ghost rider was here, she, uh, that horse would sort of be single figures. But Hocker um, Hay, off that run, off that win, um, I'm with her to go uh, back to back to back, make it three in a row. Pretty keen on her. So race one, number four, and I hope Joel's... Uh, Horse, red light, Roxanne can run into second. Um, and in as my value, I've gone to race six. I'm thinking she's the gift can turn the table on Namazu. Um, just couldn't match Namazu's sprint at the top of the straight here last start, but was strongest late and I thought was good through the line. Started taking ground off that horse late. She gets two kilos in her favour, does she's the gift on Namazu. And the rising trip will also be in her favour. Um, she's finding it hard to win this preparation. This is the slight query, but... Um, the, the, the run last start I thought was very good and um, yeah, I think it, she's a, a very back all price around eight bucks. So race six, number seven, the value. Joel, uh, you've done some form for Eagle Farm as well as having your mare running there. 
yeah, I've come off the bench to uh, to tip for Brisbane this week. And, yeah, I've probably let me heart rule my head a little bit. I'll put red light Roxanne on top. She's going well, the old girl, but just can't draw a barrier. So if she gets a bit of luck and if she's not snagged back to last like she was last start, then I think she can be competitive. But, I, yeah, I do think Hocker Hay and the red kite are the two hardest to beat in that race. My best at Eagle Farm is race six, number six, point counterpoint. Um, not a bad field. This is a few chances, but thought his run the other day was very good. Uh, when second behind Mohican Heights, he's a very consistent performer, and I think he's improving all the time. Came through those country races back in the spring, fourth in the little dance, and then was fourth in the country classic. And sort of Brisbane's probably his level rather than coming to uh, you know metropolitan Sydney grade just yet. And I thought he could get away with this at a good price. And my value bet is in the last. Uh, race nine, number eight, more than number one. Thought he did enough first up, over 1,300 with the 59. Uh, he raced a bit keenly and, um, you know, was a bit fresh there. But I thought, you know, beating half the field home wasn't too bad. He drops a little bit in weight. He'll be fitter and should get a pretty good run. And he has one twice second up. So, yeah, I thought at quite big odds, uh, he was worth a look each way. Alrighty, they are racing at Ascot in the West again on Saturday. There is no black type there, but uh, Hoops, our Perth man's best is race two, number three, Prawns 11. His value bet race seven, number 10, twice a fortnight. Joel, earlier in the day across the Tasman, uh, it's a big race at uh, Tarapa that's uh, usually at Ellerslie. Is it NZ Derby Day? It is indeed, Barks. Yeah, New Zealand Derby Day. Uh, of course, Ellerslie out of action. We are at Tarapa. So we're going left-handed instead of right-handed. But uh, it is still worth a million dollars. And we do see a very, very good horse engaged in Sharp and Smart. Unfortunately, we were robbed of the clash between Sharp and Smart and the Philly Prowess, who hadn't quite pleased trainer Roger James and her track work early in the week so he's pulled her out and I think we're going to see her in Sydney at some stage but he not not there was anything wrong with it I think he was just a bit concerned that the, she wasn't really training like she was going to lap up the 2400 at this stage so that left sharp and smart a very warm favorite uh, he's come up with a good gate gate for there's a few sort of nice stain types here that probably lack a bit of class and, and he's got that class so I think he'd be far too good uh, eight, Mark Twain. I've got him for second. He's beaten the older horses. He's won two from four. I think he's the horse just with that little bit of X factor still about him. Uh, 15, Andalusian for third. And three, Dynastic. It's been a little bit disappointing this prep, but he did win last Saturday, I uh, guess, to sort of assure his place in the field. And he did beat older horses. So that might stand him in good stead. But sharp and smart, probably too good. Mark Twain might be the Cornella horse. Uh, my best at Tarapa is race 10, number 11, Hanalai. Uh, haven't quite seen the best of this filly. She was warm favourite on debut uh, against uh, the smart filly um, of the from the Tiakau team, and and she just didn't uh, sort of didn't handle the wet track there, but ran quite well. And then she was started a warm favourite in a group two and struck a couple of heavy tracks. No luck first up when finishing midfield. Um, and, yeah, I reckon there's sharp improvement from her on Saturday. And my value bet is Burgundy If in the Sunline Vars, race seven. Some nice fillies going around here, but I've got a bit of time for this girl. It's a strong win last time out over the mile. I don't think she'll have any problems with the step-up in trip. 
especially from a good gate. And the other meeting is at Wingatui down in the South Island. And my best is Prince Elby. I'm hoping he can do the job for us again. He won well a few weeks ago, coming from last and, and getting up in the last stride. If he gets clear air, he'll be hard to hold out. And my value bet, I'm going with La Power again. I've been with her the last couple. Uh, didn't have much luck too back uh, where the race didn't really get run to suit. And then last time out, she was sort of ducking and weaving from the 600, trying to find clear galloping room. And she ended up finishing fourth just on their heel. So if she gets the brakes from a good draw, I think she can figure in what is the final of a series that they've been running. It's worth 100000 So she hasn't been too far away. And I think she can, um, yeah, just improve into the money with a bit of luck. Alrighty, that wraps up the preview section and brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend at Lazy Lobsters. Look, no good last week after a decent uh, run of form. I actually tipped quite well at um, Sandown last week and I went for the one group one where I didn't tip the winner and went for Chain of Lightning. I am going to wimp out this time because I, I'm, it's a hard meeting, I reckon, um, Flemington on, on Saturday. And I uh, couldn't really see anything that I thought, yeah, that just wins. So I'm going to whip out and go place only. Race five, number one, Carlisle. Joel? I'm taking on the slipper favourite. Not really sort of knocking her, but I'm just thinking that Kundalini is going to step up and show her true talents on Saturday. So uh, race three at Randwick, number two. I'll head to Murray Bridge, uh, race five, uh, elite icon, number one. Alrighty, well that uh, leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. It is online as we speak to you. It's in the shops first thing Friday morning. All the form for Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Plenty of good reading besides. We've got Matt Stewart talking about Sandown shining as it uh, as a stand-in for Caulfield. We've got Dan talking to both uh, Imperatrix's trainer, Mark Walker, as well as uh, attrition's trainer, Mitch Friedman. We've got Richo talking to Michael D. We've got stories from Shane Templeton, all your favourite features, so do make sure you grab it. Uh, and enjoy the weekend with your winning post. Back in plenty of winners. We'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.